All right, guys, it's the weekend again. We're super excited, man. Oh, man, it's football Sunday. Yeah. But, man, oh, man, we're going to get this thing knocked out so that we can be just in time for the games that are happening at 1 o'clock. Heck yeah. But, man, we're going to be talking all about D23 Expo this week, and there's a lot happening in Hollywood. But before we get this started, be sure to like and subscribe at the podcast, ItCaf Podcast. And our RSS feed was a little jacked up last week, so... Now, be sure to follow and subscribe to the current logo version of our podcast on all podcast platforms. That's right, the nice black and gold logo with everything that's happening in Hollywood. We're talking about it. That is the right one. So all of the new episodes and the older episodes will be on that specific profile. You can keep the old one if you would like, but new episodes will not drop on that one. Yeah. So do we just wanted to inform you to post or follow the new like RSS feed on your favorite podcast platform so that you'll be up to date with everything happening. Like I said, it's called ItCaf Podcast. There you go. Real easy. Search for that and you'll find it. No problem. Exactly. Exactly. But man, oh man, let's get this show started. What's up, guys? Oh my goodness! Episode two hundred seven with your host, with the most, myself, JLo, fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? It's gonna be a great show, guys. We're super excited for you. We're trying some things new, and man, oh man, rock and roll with us. But before we tease the rest of the show, be sure to leave a rating on this podcast, It Calf Podcast, and be sure to comment below. Tell us what you think about the show. And leaving a rating actually helps the podcast get seen by more people, especially those yes. who love entertainment news and who are trying to break into the entertainment industry Hell yeah. because that's what crazy ant media and it calf podcast is all about and like i said be sure to follow those on social media at crazy ant media and at it calf podcast for all the latest and greatest news and notifications that are coming out of here at crazy ant media for sure but man oh man d23 expo that was a lot of amazing stuff that happened this weekend we're super excited to talk about everything because you guys know we're geeks so we love marvel <laughs> we love star wars we love everything coming out of lucasfilm we love Pixar, and basically anything that's happening at Disney, we're here for it. Exactly. Except Chappic. <laughs> Except Chappic, man. Except Chappic. That guy. I, could, I couldn't let it go. He got booed. He got booed on stage, so I'm not the only one, okay? This is a whole room full of people that are fucking love Disney. They booed him. Exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> but be sure to head over to our website for all the latest and greatest freaking merchandise that is over there right now we got shirts we got hats we have tumblers we have stickers we have buttons we have teddy bears we have little puppy dogs all the good things that are coming out of crazy ant media you can find on our website www.crazyantmedia.com and man oh man head over there now because a lot of things are on sale so we want you to get those sales prices especially the holiday season is coming up so for sure for sure but we are having to start with some remembrance because you know what day it is today Today is 9-11, September 11th. Today is 2022, and it was 21 years ago mm-hmm. that uh, we want to you know, talk about everything that happened, uh, especially here in America. We're remembering nearly 3,000 people who lost their lives uh, in the deadliest terrorist attack on the U.S. soil. We are watching, if you're watching live right now, please join us in a moment of silence. 
But yeah, I mean, it's just very important to never forget what happened here. And uh, everybody remembers where they were that day, that time, the time the first plane hit at the first tower. And uh, yeah, it was it was very intense. It was very intense. And, um, you know, uh, uh, let's like you said, never forget. And, uh, you know, and it's not just about, you know, a lot of people forget this one too. 9-11, we talk about the attack on the U.S. soil, but on 9-11 also, we lost uh, lives of Marines and CIA operatives in Benghazi on 9-11 just a few years after that. I think it was uh, 2005 or uh, something like that. Forgive me if I got the date wrong, but, you know, let's remember those lives too, because that anniversary is also upon us. And um, guys, freedom is not free. And it's it's no joke, and uh, let's let's not for ever forget that, and just whoo. But all right, all right, we got that. We're uh, and now we gotta we gotta jump in. Now it's now it's geekdom all the way from start to finish, baby. And we do have a little bit of something we know what all of you guys want to hear about most. But before we jump into that, there was some important news announced at Warner Brothers Discovery. Veteran producer, as we told you, Dan Lin last week was in consideration, right? He was in negotiations with Warner Brothers Discovery to run the company's film and TV adaptations of DC Comics. Well... He's no longer in contention for the position. Now, one sticking point in the talks was Lynn's desire for Warner Brothers Discovery to acquire a stake in his production company, Rideback, which would have continued to operate had Lynn taken on the DC role. Now, terms, however, could not be reached, and Lynn and Warner Brothers Discovery agreed to part ways. Warner Brothers Discovery, meanwhile, is continuing its search. Now, insiders say there's no immediate urgency to fill the job, and yet they talk about it every day, so I'm not buying that shit, as Warner Brothers Studio Chiefs Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi are seen as adept stewards of the current slate of DC properties. But mm. are they, though? Yeah. I don't know, but anyway, we had to give you that because it's geek-related, and it's like, um, just, we want to put this out there. We'll run it. We'll it's run, fine. We'll yeah. run DC Comics Film Division under Warner Brothers Division if you get out of our way. Exactly. Get a, let us do it. That's the thing. Just That's saying. the thing. But we wanted to throw that little antidote out there because, you know, if it's happening in Hollywood, we're talking about it, and we wanted to stay on top of that developing story that was happening for the last two weeks. So there it is, guys. No Without long, doubt. No longer Dan Lin. But now it's time to talk about the biggest event in Hollywood this weekend. We're talking about the Mouse House. That's right. D23 Expo. Yes. The studio showcase for D23 Expo 2022 was so freaking epic, guys. They had to split it into two massive presentations. A whole lot of huge announcements came from the event, and we've got everything you need to know. So let's jump right in. We'll start with day one presentations, which featured Walt Disney Studios, Walt Disney Animation, and of course, Pixar. Heck yeah. So we're going to start with Walt Disney Studios, Hocus Pocus 2. Now, Sean Bailey, president of Walt Disney Studios Motion Picture Productions, Introduced the stars of Hocus Pocus 2, Disney legend herself, Bette Midler, uh, Katie, uh, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker via video, who brought in a little magic themselves before debuting a new trailer. That's right, they debuted a new trailer. It's been 29 years since someone lit the black flame mm. candle and resurrected the 17th century Sanderson sisters, and they are looking for revenge. Now it's up to three high school students to stop the ravenous bitches from wrecking new kind of havoc on Salem before dawn on All Hallows Eve, a.k.a. Halloween, as you guys know. Hocus Pocus 2 premieres Friday, September 30th, exclusively 
on Disney Plus. Now, did you miss the trailer? No worries, because we're about to watch it. Exactly. Are you guys ready? Guys. Now we're gonna try some new stuff. We're gonna do airplay. We're gonna watch it behind us. We're gonna react to it. You guys react to it live with us if you want to. It's gonna be amazing. Yes, we're super excited about it. It looks really good in oh, my yeah. opinion. So I'm excited for everybody to be able to finally see this thing. Old girl from Ted Lasso. Oh yeah. Oh, black hat. Legend has it, it's on the 16th birthday that a witch gets her powers. <laughs> I know it's a lot of makeup, but they look like they haven't aged today, right? in my opinion. <laughs> it though i love it i think it's gonna be really freaking good <laughs> oh man oh man but honestly I, it's like you just said it's been 29 years since someone lit the black flame and it just looks really good i think disney is doing a really good job at coming back to you know what they are originally you know known for especially with my generation back in the day and especially you know every freaking halloween on the disney channel hocus pocus would pop up and just we would just love it hocus pocus and halloween town those were the two that we just binge watched every halloween i mean for sure and this one definitely looks like it has everything great from the first one continued right like we always talk about it if it ain't broke don't fix it and this one looks like it's just going to carry on all of the stuff that everybody loved from the first one and update it and bring it into the current time and I, I just I love any time that they can transcend right from like the younger generation because you're getting older now you're not like me but yeah, you, know. you know but there's a whole new generation that's going to catch this mm -hmm. and love it and you know and now that you guys are all grown up and I love any time that they can do that agree um next y'all oh no you i you. know i know you're trying to step on <laughs> my get, feet I'm it's getting fine. all excited it's fine <laughs> but man oh man disenchanted that's right they're coming back with another one the sequel to enchanted the stars of disenchanted including amy adams and newly inducted disney legend patrick dempsey and idina menzel maya rudolph james marston and gabriella blanco blanchio took the stage to share their excitement 
announcement for the upcoming feature film, which debuts Friday, November 24th, exclusively on Disney+. Now, Adam and Rudolph join their co-stars on stage, donning Disney outfits, complete with chorus and bubble wands in (laughs) hand, after the cast shared their excitement for the next installment of the beloved franchise. The audience treated to an all-new trailer, which we're about to watch right now, to Disenchanted. And it has been set 15 years since the original one, uh, but Gazelle has grown disillusioned with life in this city. So they moved their family to a sleepy suburban community on <laughs> Monroeville in search of more fairy tale life. Unfortunately, it isn't quickly fixed to what she had hoped for. Suburbia has a whole new set of rules, and local Queen Bee, Blavia Monroe, who's played by Maya Rudolph, who makes Gazelle feel more out of place than uh. ever before. Frustrated that her family ever after, her happily ever after, hasn't been so easy to find, she turns to the magic of Andalusia for help accidentally transforming the entire town into a real-life fairy tale and placing her family's future happiness in jeopardy. Now Gazelle is in the race against time to reverse the spell and determine what happily ever after truly means to her and her family. But here's the trailer right now. You see everybody's salt and pepper faces, but it's good. Let's start that over just in case you missed. Here we go. <laughs> that hair, bro. Patrick Dempsey. Let's start our new life. Pretty soon, this whole place will feel like home. You'll see. It's all part of the adventure. That's not an adventure. That's a landfill. A landfill <laughs> with adventure. <laughs> Nancy Edwards. Congratulations. Oh, it's what they call a fixer-upper. Yes, once your peasants have dug out a moat and added a turret and a balcony from which you can sing. I see it now. Okay. <laughs> Melvina, Monroe, I would have sold you this house, but I deal in slightly more upscale homes. Oh, my goodness. The hardest part of life is finding your happily ever after. This world's very different. If this world is not to your liking, then you must change it. I wish. <laughs> I wish for a fairy tale life and it's all gone terribly wrong. Or terribly right. <laughs> so there it is, guys. 
looking as good as ever. Everybody's barely aged. Uh, Patrick Dempsey, you know, got a little bit more salt and pepper. But uh-huh, we still love him. Uh-huh. It's fine. It's fine. But I'm super excited about that one because it looks like a great sequel follow-up to the original Enchanted movie. So I'm excited about and it. And it's a perfect time to release it. Thanksgiving is a great family holiday that typically does well with family films mm-hmm. in, in the theaters. So I think that one's going to do... Well, it's going to be on Disney+. Plus, But it doesn't matter. It's going to do well around Thanksgiving anyway. So it's all good. Uh, hey, Peter Pan and Wendy. This one has been getting a lot of talk. A lot of people were like, should they, shouldn't they? Didn't we get a live action with Hook? Remember that back in the day with Dustin Hoffman and Julia Roberts and everything? Should we kind of touch this one? Well, just based on everything I'm hearing and everything we're seeing, I think, yes, maybe they should. Peter Pan and Wendy spots spotlights iconic characters in a whole new way. Now, cast members Alexander Maloney, who plays Peter Pan, Ever Anderson, who's Wendy, Alyssa Wapatanak, who's Tiger Lily, and Captain Hook himself, Jude Law, were all on stage to talk about the project. The new film apparently dives deeper into Wendy's story as she joins the boy who refuses to grow up on his magical journey to Neverland and reveals the history behind Peter Pan's rivalry with one of Disney's most memorable villains, of course, Captain Hook. The cast discussed what fans can expect from the new film, and revealed an exclusive first look at the film for the D23 audience, guys. Sorry, we're not going to be able to watch that one. Now, it's directed by David Lowery and produced by Jim Whitaker. The live-action reimagining of the 1953 animated classic begins streaming on Disney Plus in 2023 so yeah next year i'm excited for that one a lot of good stuff and it's such a classic story plus adding all these new cast members i think it's gonna be really good oh yeah me too me too. um well another one that's a classic if you remember the early 2000s eddie murphy film plus the disneyland ride haunted mansion that's right haunted mansion director justin samin who used to work at disneyland actually joined bailey to discuss the ghostly adventure mm. inspired by the classic theme park attraction haunted mansion and it is about a woman and her son who enlist a motley crew of so-called spiritual experts to help get rid get rid of their home of supernatural squatters oh they shared a sneak peek of the film exclusively to d23 expo crowd so we won't be able to see that one either as they welcomed in the queen of scary movies herself jamie lee curtis that's right from halloween and so many other things uh who made an unforgettable entrance aboard a haunted mansion doom buggy oh there you Uh, go Curtis plays Madame Leota in the film, which releases next year. So be sure to check that one out when it releases. And we will let you know when it does because we're talking about everything in Hollywood. So, of course, you know when we'll have a date for that. Yes. Now, this one, guys, this one's going to be very, very interesting. I think a lot of people from all generations are going to love this one. I'm talking about Mufasa, the Lion King. Mufasa, the Lion King is a prequel to the Lion King. Now, it won't release until 2024, but director Barry Jenkins was on hand to show a never-before-seen sneak peek and share a little about the film, which is currently in production. Now, told in flashbacks, Rafiki, Timon, and Pumbaa tell the story of Mufasa, Mufasa to a young lion cub. Mufasa reveals the rise of one of the greatest kings 
of the Pride Lands, uh. as we all know. I like that. If you're going to, you know, because we've seen this. In the, I like the idea of a prequel and going backwards. If you're going to keep making the movies, give us something different, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Because, I mean, if you remember in the first Lion King, they talk about how Mufasa is like the king of all kings. So it's just like, you know, being able to see that backstory from his life is going to be really special. Oh, I yeah. Feel like. Well, something else special happening at the D23 Expo. Snow White, who is the fairest of them all. The live-action reimagining of the classic tale stars Rachel Zegler uh, in the title role and Gal Gadot as Snow White's stepmother, a.k.a. the Queen. The film's two stars were on hand to talk about their role and share a very early glimpse of the iconic characters in the 2024 film, which is directed by Mark Webb and produced by Mark Platt man all the marks and it features sure. uh, the new songs by tony and grammy oscar winning songwriters Pazik and paul so that is very freaking exciting i am so freaking pumped to see gail gadot as the queen mm-hmm. i can't even tell i think that was brilliant casting i think it's gonna like who better to say no 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 she's not prettier than me yeah <laughs> I mean, exactly. gail gadot i mean it's i i just think it's gonna be amazing i can't wait to see it oh uh, next this one's getting a lot of buzz guys everybody's jumping all over this one and i gotta tell you i was a little worried about this one because I was a huge fan of the original. I wasn't sure if we should touch this one live action, but I think we're going to be okay, guys. I, I, I'm At least I'm signing off on it. I think it's going to be really good. I enjoyed the, the little teaser trailer. It's not much. We'll watch it in a minute, but it was enough to get me excited. I'm, of course, talking about The Little Mermaid. Now, it's swimming onto the big screen in May of 2023. Yes, I said big screen, guys, not Disney+. Plus. Haley Bailey stars as Ariel in the live-action adaptation of the beloved animated classic film. Director Rob Marshall took a break from post-production, Under the Sea, to share a sneak peek of the film's Part of Your World sequence. Now, Bailey later joined Marshall on stage, adding, portraying the iconic mermaid was a lifelong goal of hers, and mm-hmm. now she's getting to do it, which that's what Disney does, right? They make dreams come true. Featuring fan-favorite songs, plus four new songs penned by Alan Menken and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, hell yeah. The feature film also stars Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Perfect. And Javier Bardem as Triton. Mm. That's going to be badass. Let's watch this trailer, guys. Agreed. Mm, That just looks epic. Yeah, I feel like ever since Aquaman, like, the technology for underwater has gotten so good. For sure. And I don't say much nice things about James Cameron, but I will say he's at the forefront of that. I think it all stems from him. Wow. Look how beautiful.
Wow. Mm. May 2023, guys. Yeah. I mean, it looks really freaking good. I, I'm super excited about it, to be honest. And I was a little iffy about it as well. So, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens, man. I think it's going to go over really well with the fans. I think so, too. And I think she was a perfect choice. I mean, her voice is absolutely phenomenal. And I, she just looks beautiful. She looks amazing. I think it's going to be something that... And she's going to give, you know, girls of all color the opportunity to see dreams come true. And, and like the story of Little Mermaid that happens, you know, and I just think kudos to Disney for making it happen. Agreed. Now jumping over to Pixar, Elemental. First mm. up, the filmmakers Peter Sohn and Dennis Ream took the stage to discuss Elemental, an all-new original feature film released in June 16th of 2023. Sohn directs the film, shared with a personal inspiration behind the film as well. The story is of immigrants pursuing the dreams of beautiful neighborhoods where the languages and cultures come together. Filmmakers introduce the characters in Elemental, which is set in a city where fire, water, land, and air resends, uh, resides live each other, live together. Uh, Ember is a tough and fiery young woman, <laughs> and Wade is a fun, sappy, go-with-the-flow guy. Helping bring them to life are Leah Lewis, a... Ma, what, mm, what? What is it? How do you? I'm gonna go with Mamadou. Mamadou Athi, who were warmingly welcomed to the hall of the D23 stage. Audience members got an exclusive look at the film and received a mini poster featuring Ember and Wade. Like I said, that one was just for the audiences, though. But I mean, I feel like Pixar is gonna do big things, and like it's a big discussion about whether Pixar films are going to go back on the big screen or if they're going to stay on Disney Plus exclusively. So we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping just for legacy sake that we continue to see them in the big screen. I think it would be another chapic mistake if we decide to just put them on Disney. I agree. Plus. Uh, this one sounds really interesting to me, guys. I, I kind of liked it when we talked about it on the show several weeks ago. And now after seeing the presentation even more so, I'm talking about Pixar's Win or Lose. Now, Win or Lose directors Carrie Hobson and Michael Yates provided a closer look at the first ever long-form series and what inspired it. Now get this, guys. The series follows the Pickles, which is a co-ed middle school softball team in the week leading up to their championship game. Now each episode takes place that same week, highlighting the perspective of a different main character, players, their parents, the umpire, each reflected in a unique visual style. Now, Hobson and Yates revealed that Will Forte will voice Coach Dan in the series and shared a shout-out Forte recorded for the occasion, which, uh, you know, because a lot of times these guys are working on other things, couldn't be there, but he did do the video. And... They followed that up with a special clip just for the fans. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Win or lose will stream on Disney Plus in the fall of 2023. I love this. I love the idea that it all takes place at the same time, but we're going to get the story told over and over from different perspectives. That's different. That's unique. That's original. I love that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, the original content is really what we've been looking for for a long time. So I'm excited to see it. Yes. Now, Elio? 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 Yeah. Elio? Yeah. Uh, director. Adrian Molina and producer Mary Alice Drum showcased the first time ever plans for the original film Elio. Uh, in the story, 11-year-old Dreamer, uh, he is an artistic, creative, and avid endorsement <laughs> now who finds it hard to fit in. Meanwhile, Mom Olga 
who runs the top secret military project, is mm. working to decode a strange signal from outer space. But it is Elios who makes contact and gets beamed into space and subsequently oh. mistaken for intergalactic ambassador for Earth. <laughs> the voice of smart and super confident Olga is America Ferreira. Oh, that's awesome. Was invited on stage alongside uh, Johannes Kibrim, who lends his voice to Elio, and Kibrim uh, reveals to the audience that Elo, Elo, or whatever the fuck, <laughs> it releases in spring of 2024. <laughs> so there it is for you guys. <laughs> yes, and before it releases, we'll figure out how to say the name. Yes, it's exactly. Gonna be fun. I, are we there that though? Though, like, am I serious? America Ferrera is old enough to play mom. What? Well, the Linder voice in an animated project. Okay, but still, I'm just like, I'm having a hard time coming to grips with America Ferreira being old enough to even voice a mom. uh, Okay, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'll get over it. It's fine. She's phenomenal. I love her. Now, before Pixar's Pete Doctor, who you guys know runs Pixar at this point, before he could wrap up the portion of the Pixar show, he heard a voice from inside his head. Mm. And you know who that voice was? It was joy. Yeah, of course. I'm talking about Amy Poehler, who arrived on stage to huge applause, especially when she informed the audience, get this, guys, Inside Out 2. Mm. Yes, it's definitely now confirmed in the works at Pixar. Director Kelsey Mann, producer Mark Nielsen, and writer Meg LeFauve are hard at work on the all-new adventure inside the head of now-teenager Riley, whoa, who may or may not be feeling all kinds of new emotions. Inside Out 2, the follow-up to, of course, the 2015 Oscar and Golden Globe winning feature film, is slated for a release in summer 2024. Mm. So that's a while away, but it's okay. It sounds amazing. And exactly. I'm, I know a lot of people wanted to see this sequel. So yeah, agreed. And I love a lot of people love the original. So I'm happy for him. Heck yeah. Now heading over to Walt Disney Animation Studios, uh, the chief content officer Jennifer Lee took to the stage to share the studio's plans for a year long. 100th year anniversary celebration. Lee said, quote, at Walt Disney Animation Studios, the studio that started it all on the cusp of the 100th anniversary, we see, we see now as a moment of privilege and promise Mm. to, uh, privilege to be uh, stewards of a studio of a and a dream that Walt and his brother Roy started a century ago and promised to continue to take risk in our storytelling and oh. to explore and expand a turn the possible and turn the possible into actual just as Walt did so they got a lot of stuff that they announced yeah that's all I love that though that, that you know because anime she's right the Walt Disney Animation Studios is what what started the whole thing there is no any of the rest of it without that so i love that they're kind of throwing back to walt and roy and what they did that's amazing uh they started off with are you guys ready zootopia were you fans of zootopia well zootopia plus is coming <laughs> lee discussed the opportunities disney plus has uh created at disney animation reviewing the slate of shows heading to the streamer including zootopia plus now that's launching on disney plus november 9th so that's like right around the corner fans not us but fans there saw a trailer for the new short form series which heads back to the fast-paced mammal metropolis diving deeper into the lives of some of the oscar-winning feature films most intriguing residents that'll be interesting i know a lot of people were 
huge fans of that one. That one's going to be fun. Yeah, completely agree, man. Completely agree. And I'm getting the bad luck of the draw. <laughs> I'm going to go with Iwahu. Iwahu coming to Disney Plus <laughs> in 2023. Iwahu is an all-new original long-form series created in collaboration with Pan-African comic book entertainment company, Kuagi. Uh, Kuagli. Uh, Lee invited to the stage uh, Kuagli filmmakers Ukwafu Ziki Odolo and nice. Hamid Abrim and uh, Tolu Avuku. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, who introduced the setting of the series, a love letter to Logos, Nigeria. Oh. Now, one of both of them, everybody described <laughs> in a word, Uwahu is a futuristic depiction of a world bursting with color. Unique visual elements and technological advancements inspired by the spirit of Logos. Uh, which is a physically divided into an island and a mainland separated both by water and uh, a socio-economic status. Now, the coming-of-age story introduces Tolo, a young heiress from the wealthy island, and her best friend Koloi, a self-taught tech expert and loving son from the mainland. The filmmakers also shared a first look at the new series that... The only people at the convention got to see. <laughs> yeah. But that sounds very cool. So it's obviously going to be a story told about, you know, merging the the, the poor with, you know, the more well-off on the mainland and kind of – I love anything that kind of shows we can bring communities like that together. And if you could do it in an animated kind of a way, that's going to be awesome. I agree. Uh, let's see. Strange World. Lee then set the tone for Disney Animation's next feature film, introducing the filmmakers behind Strange World. Now, director Don Hall and co-director screenwriter Kui Nguyen revealed their personal connections to the film about an incredible family who must get past their differences to save a strange world full of danger and surprises. The audience was treated to an all-new trailer from Disney's animation's 61st Feature film, y'all. Mm. 61 feature films. That's amazing. Uh, before voice cast members Jake Gyllenhaal, Dennis Quaid, Jaboki Young-White, and Lucy Liu. Holy shit, that's an amazing voice cast for that one, guys. They joined the festivities. Fans also got a glimpse at an action-packed sequence from the film and received an exclusive poster. Now, produced by Roy Conley, Strange World also features the voice of Gabrielle Union. Just add, keep adding people to that, man. The film premieres in theaters November 23rd of next year. So that, no, of this year. Holy shit, of this year, 2022. Oh my gosh. So that's right around the corner. Exactly, man. Not far away at all. Now, in the finale of the presentation, Lee returned to the stage to officially unveil Disney Animation's next original feature film, which is titled Wish. Now, this one is set for the fall of 2023 during the studio's 100th year there you go now a film that could only come from walt disney animation studios the epic animated musical is inspired by the legacy films from the studio and asks the question how do you wish uh how did the wishing star upon which so many characters wish come to be oh. directors chris buck and fawn verissathorn outlined the story which is set in Ro Rosas, uh, the kingdom of wishes where wishes can literally come true. 
Now, attendees were introduced to a 17-year-old Asha, an optimist with a sharp wit who cares endlessly about her community. In the moment, a desperation, Asha makes an impassionate plea to the stars, which is answered by a cosmic force, a little ball of boundless energy called Star. Together, <laughs> they face the most formidable of foes to save their community and prove that when the will of one of the courageous human connects with the magic of the stars, wondrous things can happen. That's a lot of like inspiring words in some one little passage. I feel like, you know, this film is going to be epic. I mean, that's so cool. Come on. We've all heard it, right? When you wish upon a star. And now we're going to get the story of the star. I mean, (laughs) that's after a hundred years, we're finally going to learn the story of the star that everybody wishes on. Right. Kudos. That's original. That's like, I would have never thought that idea would have come. But hey. Good. (laughs) I love it. It's fucking awesome. Okay. Now, as awesome as all those announcements were, there's no doubt that day two is what most of the fans were waiting for, including us. Agreed. Featuring the latest and greatest from Lucasfilm, Marvel Studios, and 20th Century Studios. And we have it all. So let's get it. Kicking off the proceedings, Alan Bergman, by the way, best name ever. He needs to add an N, but best name ever still. Chairman of the Walt Disney Studios reflected on the 13-year history of the D23 Expo, as well as the evolution of the studios group, saying, quote, that the first year, none of the iconic studios that we're about to tell you about were even part of the company. It was just Disney Animation, Disney Live Action, and Pixar. Mm -hmm. We announced the Marvel acquisition just before the first expo way back in 2009. Then three years later, we added Lucasfilm, and in 2019, 20th Century Studios. He said he's been at Disney for 26 years, so it's been incredibly exciting to welcome each and all of them to the studio family. And like Disney and Pixar, each of these studios has a phenomenal legacy of storytelling. Bergman was then joined by Kathleen Kennedy, which is, of course, the president of Lucasfilm, the man himself, Kevin Feige, the producer and president of Marvel Studios, and James Cameron via video, the director of 20th Century Studios' upcoming Avatar The Way of the Water, to showcase a veritable smorgasbord of incredible content to come. There's so much happening, guys, with all of these different freaking quote-unquote studios inside the studio. Like, it's fucking awesome. So let's get started with Lucas Films. That's right. Andor Kennedy. Uh, well, first, welcome Andor series star and exclusive executive producer Diego Luna, as well as co-stars Genevieve O'Reilly, Kyle Soler, and Adria Adrona to tease the upcoming 24 episode of the spy thriller. Now, the era featured Andor the first five years before the events of Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and it is filled with danger, deception, and intrigue, uh, where Cassian Andor will embark on a path that is destined to turn into a him into a rebel hero. Much to the delight of the ensemble crowd, Luna and his co-stars unveiled a final trailer of the series. And guess what? The series presents Star Wars from the different perspectives, focusing on everyday people who lived with the effects by the Empire. Now, the decision they make to have real consequences and stakes for all of them and the galaxy really couldn't be higher. <laughs> the series debuts three episodes on Disney+, Plus September 21st, and we're about ready to to watch this trailer right here, right now. Yeah, let's go. 
This is a good one. It is. It really is. It just looks good. We're fighting against the dark. There is an organized rebel effort. Drill down and get a hunt started. You realize what you set in motion? People will suffer. Time has come to force our hand. At what cost? Everything. Every day we wait. They get stronger. Exciting. Star Wars Andor, three episode premiere, streaming September 21st. Oh, man, oh man. And this is also very exciting because this will be the first really Disney Plus series that goes past like 13 episodes. Yeah. Like, fucking 21 episodes. That's insane, man. I mean, that's like a full length cable television show i mean it's a look i loved this film it's always been one of my favorite films i love the idea of stepping outside of the skywalker saga and taking a look at other stuff that's going on it was hugely successful in the, in the theaters so the idea that we're going to be able to see everything leading up to that film is amazing mm -hmm. and i just i think it's going to be huge you know what else is amazing? Willow. So next, of course, Kathleen Kennedy welcomed himself, Willow, Warwick Davis, to the stage to talk about the all-new Disney Plus series. Now, it's a live-action fantasy adventure series that returns to the world of Anduin that we first met in the 1988 feature when I was a wee 18 years old. <laughs> of course, that film was directed by Ron Howard and produced by Disney legend George Lucas. Now... Davis was then joined by series stars Joanne Wiley, Ruby Cruz, Aaron Kellyman, Ellie Bamber, Dempsey Burke, Amar Chanda Patel, and Tony Revolori as a special surprise guest. Get this, guys. Nobody expected this, and this is the first time we are reporting this. We haven't mentioned this on the show before. Christian Slater. Apparently, he was on stage, and he is going to be a part of the ensemble cast. What? It's insane. Then they shared a new trailer for the series, which we're getting ready to watch. Now, set in a magical world where brownies, uh, sorcerers, trolls, and other mystical creatures flourish willow is the story of an unlikely group of heroes who set off on a dangerous quest facing their inner demons and coming together to save the world again an epic period fantasy told with a modern sensibility and plenty of humor and heart now willow begins streaming on disney plus november 30th mm -hmm. let's watch the trailer real quick let's do it man let's do it
It looks dark, but I promise there's humor. It's so crazy because it feels like right now, if you're a television show and you focus on medieval times, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, you're going to be fine. Apparently, we got a lot of bandwidth oh, going no. on. Got a lot of bandwidth going on. All right, but, let's I mean, try. That let's looked try. really good, though. It looked amazing. Yeah, exactly. But we'll we'll see what happens. All right. I well, mean, well, we're <laughs> we, we might see the end of this. We might not. But I mean, you know, a lot of good stuff coming out of uh, Lucas Films and D twenty three. So we'll we'll see what oh. happens. So, oh yeah. I mean, I'm really excited about Willow because it gives my generation a new opportunity to see this classic film so uh there yeah. we go <laughs> resume with my friends yes there we go there it is. There it is, guys. <laughs> you had to get that part. How are you going to do it with my friends? Because if you know, if you watch the original Willow, it was him and his band of friends that, that were actually victorious. And so it just kind of brings it full circle. We had to get that. Exactly. <laughs> like, and I mean, it just brings it all together because you can accomplish anything with your circle. Like oh, yeah. That's what we talk about all the time on the podcast. Well, other exciting Star Wars news happening at D23. Bad Batch, up next, freaking Kathleen Kennedy welcomed Dave Filoni, the freaking golden boy of Star Wars, who shared his host of amazing Star Wars-related announcements. First, Filoni showed a new image of the upcoming 16-episode second season of the animated series The Bad Batch. Months have passed since the events of Kamino, and The Bad Batch continue their journey navigating the Empire after the fall of the Republic. They'll cross paths with friends and and foes, both new and familiar, as they take on variety of thrilling mercenary missions that will take them to unexpected and dangerous new places. Ooh. The series will begin streaming on Disney Plus with a two-episode premiere on January 4th of 2023. Now, that one, you guys know, is basically after the events of Order 66. So, right. there it is. I mean, it's really freaking good. If you guys haven't watched the first season, be sure to check that out. Oh. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, this one I am super pumped about, you know, because Ahsoka, right? She's been just talked about over and over and over again. We know she started off in the Clone Wars. Now we're going we're gonna to be talking about it. We're going to see her live action and all that kind of. But what's the story? 
Where'd she come from? Well, like, what, what, what made her such a badass Jedi? Well, guess what? Filoni clued us in and we're going to get it. Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. Filoni next revealed news about just that show. Six brand new animated shorts featuring parables built around Jedi from the prequel era. Now, journey into the lives of two distinctly different Jedi. Ahsoka Tano, and Count Dooku, who will each be put to the test as they make choices that will define their destinies, which we both know went two totally different ways. Fioni delighted the audience with sharing an official trailer for the shorts. All six shorts will debut October 26th on Disney+. Plus. So that's right around the corner. You want to see it? You guys know you want to see it. Exactly. Let's, let's see man. it. Exactly. Yeah, I'm really excited to see the evolution, how... Count Dooku turned into the dark side. Oh, yeah. Forgive the ads. Exactly. It just happens. It happens. I mean, you got to deal with it. That's what it is. Yeah, you too. But yeah, (laughs) to see if you remember Clone Wars in the original, uh, or Attack of the Clones, I should say, in the original prequel series, you remember them reference Count Dooku being on the good side. But now we're going to see him in the good side. Yeah, here we go. Oh, little Ahsoka. <laughs> Jedi. Ahsoka is Jedi. Aww. The best way I can protect you is to teach you how to protect yourself. Look how good it looks, y'all. I think there might be too much bandwidth happening. All right. Guys, uh, if we just dropped on YouTube, we're sorry about that. So uh, we're just going to like maybe stop watching the trailers because it's kind of interfering with the live video. So, uh, all right. It was a fun experiment. Yeah. It, it, it was good for a moment while it lasted. And that's okay. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's live. Shit happens live. Exactly. Um, But I mean, speaking of Ahsoka, a certain popular Jedi that you guys know that Filoni created himself, but he wanted to talk about what this character actually meant to him. He freaking drafted her story and her personally back in 2008 for his animated series, The Clone Wars, through her live action debut in The Mandalorian. Ahsoka is a new live-action series heading to Disney Plus, starring Rosario Dawson in the little or in the title role. Um, Disney legend John Favreau joined Filoni on stage yes. to talk about the series and shared first look images uh, set after the fall of the Empire. Ahsoka follows former Jedi Knight Ahsoka Tano as she investigates an emerging threat to a vulnerable galaxy. Now, the new series is slated for 2023 and will be exclusive to Disney+. Plus. So that's very exciting. Yes, yes. I, I Look, I, I love the character. I think she's amazing. I think Rosario Dawson is amazing. And I think that show, I'm, I'm super pumped about it. Uh, okay, this one, I know a lot of people were like, mm, what's this one going to be about? Is it going to be okay? How's it going to go john watts so you know it's in good hands of course director of all the spider-man movies so you know it's in good hands i'm talking about star wars skeleton crew y'all now favreau and fialoni were joined by john watts and christopher ford who talked about the series which is coming soon on disney plus now skeleton crew tells the story of four kids who find themselves lost in the vastness of the galaxy trying to find their way home 
And as a special surprise, Jude Law joined Favreau and Filoni to greet the fans. How freaking awesome is that? And we got a little taste, guys. They showed a little piece of a clip from it. We didn't. The crowd got to see it, but pictures were released of Jude Law in character. I think this one's going to be exciting. I think people are excited for this one. Yeah, completely agreed, man. Completely agree. And then, of course, Mandalorian Season 3, Favreau and Filoni couldn't leave the stage without chatting about their baby, the Mandalorian. (laughs) And the crowd erupted with delight when they welcomed cast members Pedro Pascal, Katie Sackhoff, and Amy Cedrius, Giancarlo Esposito, and Emily Swallow, who we have had on our podcast go back and check out her interview to join them together they shared the newest trailer of season three of the series and in the third season of the mandalorian the mandalorian um and grogu have been reunited and continue their journey together through a lawless galaxy now season three is set to launch exclusively on disney plus in 2023 yes and guys yes grogu's dad it's mando yes yeah they they literally are now calling him dad yeah like like i love it <laughs> you got to check out the trailer it was amazing it looks like it's going to be awesome but grogu and and mando together forever apparently and uh <laughs> it's gonna be interesting for to see sure how that i think everybody wanted that relationship they were like if that's not happening we're out of here it's it's gotta fucking happen all right now we know we've been hearing about it we've been talking about it we've been talking about it on the show the ups the downs the goods the bads we can't finish we can't finish without this one finally Kathleen Kennedy concluded the Lucasfilm portion of the proceedings, sharing info about one more title, Indiana Jones 5. Yes. She then welcomed the film's director, one of our all-time faves, we just think this guy's amazing, James James Mangold, who shared some incredible details and apparently some first-look footage from the upcoming fifth installment of the immensely popular Indiana Jones franchise, which will indeed open in theaters June 30th of next year, guys. Then, much to the utter delight of Hall D23, Kennedy and Mangold were joined on stage by the man himself, Harrison Ford, and his new co-star for the film, Philby Waller-Bridge. Fleabag, you guys know, you love her. An emotional Ford said, quote, Thank you for making these films such an incredible experience for all of us. I'm very proud to say that this one is fantastic, and Waller-Bridge is one of the reasons. Indiana Jones movies are about fantasy and mystery, but they're also about heart. I'm really, really happy that we have a really human story to tell, as well as a movie that will kick your butt. Exactly. (laughs) So there you go. I fucking love Harrison Ford. There's been a lot of ups and downs about this one. You know, will it be good? Will it not? But apparently, I think he's kind of saying to the crowd, I think he's done with this one. Yeah. And uh, and this is, I think, going to be a fitting out. And I'm excited for it. Completely agree. And uh, I'm probably not going to watch it because you guys know I don't like Indiana Jones. What? Oh, my God. Remember (laughs) remember that top five? If you don't, go back and watch it. But Mangold is so good. He's such a great director. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's going to make you want to watch it. I'm just saying. Yeah. (laughs) This wasn't even announced at the event, though. But we can officially tell you that Jodie Turner-Smith from Queen and Slim and Annie Bolin is finalizing her deal to join Amanda Steenberg in the upcoming Disney Plus series, Star 
Star Wars The Acolyte. Now, so fan, uh, so far, uh, Steenberg, who play, is playing the lead, is the only confirmed cast member for Star Wars Universe Project. From Leslie Headland, details about the character, including one played by uh, Turner Smith, are being kept well under wraps. The series is expected to begin production, though, in London late fall. There you go. I'm, I'm guessing that the the signature on the contract wasn't uh, dried yet. That's why they didn't announce yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But, but we... Being on top of it, we wanted to let you know. For sure. Now, of course, we're jumping over to the biggie, where all the big news was and all the big news wasn't, <laughs> if you were a fan. I'm, of course, talking about Marvel Studios, where the man, the myth, the legend himself, Kevin Feige, kicked off the Marvel Studios presentation with an incredible high-energy performance of the fan favorite, I could do this all day. From the show within a show, Rogers the Musical, it featured, of course, in last year's original series, Hawkeye. Now, the number boasting 22 performers was accompanied by a six-piece rhythm section led by composer and conductor Mark Simon, who wrote the song for the episode. Feige then returned to the stage to detail several recent announcements, including the multiverse saga, the conclusion of Phase 4, the Phase 5 slate, and the Phase 6 titles that include Fantastic Four, to which the crowd erupted, and then were disappointed, we'll get to that, and the two new Avengers films, The Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Yeah, exactly, man. But uh, one that everybody wanted to see more of, especially from that first initial trailer, I'm talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Feige is then joined by director Ryan Coogler, who shared an exclusive look at the incredible scene and some highlights from the much-anticipated follow-up of 2018's The Original Black Panther. And the crowds, to, to the crowds, the light cast members Letita Wright, as played Shuri, and Winston Duke Makbuku, and Tinoch Hortrera, who plays uh, Namor, and Angela Bassett plays uh, Queen Ramda, uh, Ramada, uh, joined Coogler and Feige on stage look for Black Panther Wakanda Forever to hit theaters November 11th. Yes, and apparently in that footage it was the extended scene that we saw in the trailer with the Queen in front of the UN saying how she felt like they were trying to rob Wakanda mm-hmm. after after her son's death. And uh, and then a pretty, I guess, Makawai uh, there, uh, Namor threw down I guess, I guess I guess it was pretty intense hopefully we'll see that shit soon online exactly. somewhere uh Coogler then shared an early look at the new series that he's executive producing that takes place after the events of Black Panther Wakanda Forever I'm of course talking about Ironheart now Dominique Thorne returns as Riri Williams a young genius inventor determined to make her mark on the world her unique take on building iron suits is both brilliant and flawed and Ironheart delves into the dynamics of tech versus magic. Feige then invited series co-star Anthony Ramos to the stage to greet fans and share a little about his character, Parker Robbins, a.k.a. all you comic book fans out there, The Hood. The new series is slated for Disney Plus in 2023. And get this, apparently he was sharing a little too much because Feige literally cut him off and shoot him off the stage. Go. So it's like, no, 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 no. And the black cars picked him up and took him to an undisclosed exactly. location. And we have yet to see him again. 
Like, just don't saying. fuck with Feige. I just like, you know. Exactly. There was a prepared exactly. script. You went <laughs> off. You just got to go. So funny. Well, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Feige then officially kicked off Phase 5 of the MCU by bringing to the stage the stars of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Paul Rudd, and Eveline Lilly, and Jonathan Majors. The crowd was then uh, treated to an exclusive look at the film, which follows the superhero partner Scott and Hope uh, to team up against with Hope's parents, Hank Pym, who's Michael Douglas, and uh, Janet Van Dyne, who's played by Michelle Pfeiffer, as well as Scott's daughter, Kath, uh, Cassie yeah. of Catherine, uh, Catherine Newton, to explore the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures and embarking on an adventure that will push them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Hitting theaters February 17th of 2023, Feige confirmed the film connects the to the Avengers the Kang Dynasty. So there it is, guys. Yeah, and apparently the footage was pretty intense. It's like got the little comedic stuff, but then at one point near the end, I guess, Kang told Scott that he was there because he, he has an item that he needs, and mm. Scott is the only one that can steal it. And Scott replied... I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And then apparently Kang reminded him who the fuck Kang is. And I guess he like just in a blink of an eye had him against the wall about to die and said, no, you're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, so I hope that footage hits too. Cause I'm excited to really see, I mean, Kang's a badass. Yeah, and, and exactly. Oh, now this next one, Guys, I, in my opinion, I mean, there was a lot of great Marvel stuff. This might have been the favorite thing that I saw. I was really super pumped about this, and I wish our bandwidth was better because the trailer was fucking epic. Make sure you watch it. I'm talking about Werewolf by Night. Feige announced the Marvel Studios' first ever special presentation created for this, uh, for this Halloween. A Werewolf by Night director, Michael Giacchano. If that name sounds familiar, by the way, that's because he's an Academy Award-winning composer of such Disney Pixar Marvel favorites as The Incredibles, Up, and Thor Love and Thunder. But Giancano is also an accomplished filmmaker, and he was joined on stage by his special stars, Gail Garcia Bernal and Laura Donnelly, to help share their spooky new trailer. Mm. The special starts on Disney Plus this October 7th. Guys, it the poster is like this old school, you know, 1920s, 30s like poster. And the trailer was set with it. Even has the film burns like on the thing. It's like an old school horror film from like the old Universal thing. It was freaking epic. Yeah, completely agree, man. Completely agree. Well, I think my favorite was this one, Secret Invasion. Ooh. Now, fan favorite Don Cheeto then joined Feige at Hall D23 stage to talk about Secret Invasion. A thrilling new event series that showcase a faction of shape-shifting scrolls who have been infiltrating Earth for years. Facts. They also revealed the series and a brand new trailer. Be sure to check that one out, guys, because it's absolutely badass. I love Samuel Jackson, and I think he deserves his own series with this one. But I also think Secret Invasions is going to lead right into this next one. Oh, for sure. Armor Wars. Sheetal, of course, stayed on stage and segued into revealing details about the Disney Plus project that he's going to star in, Armor Wars. Rhodey fans will see the character in a whole new light. And considering the title of the series, we can expect to look forward to some all-new suits for the hero featuring different types of armor. Mm. I'm really curious to see how those two line up together. Yeah. And... Now that they're setting up that the scrolls did infiltrate Earth for years, 
Do we have people in the MCU that aren't actually them? Are they scrolls? That's the real question. Oh, I mean, will we see that? That's going to be awesome. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Well, Loki season two can find me. Feige, <laughs> then welcome director or direct from set in London, Loki star Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson, and Sophia Di Martino, and a new Casper cast member, uh, Ki Hoi Kwan, to the chat and for the new season. Fans were lucky to get a glimpse of what is to come, picking up in the aftermath of the shocking season finale when Loki finds himself in a battle for the soul of the Time Variance Authority. Um, season two of Loki begins streaming on Disney Plus in 2023 at some yeah. point. Yeah. Now, apparently, in that footage, he's back at the 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 TVA, and get this. No, Morbius doesn't know who he is. Mm. Nobody knows who he is. So I guess whatever happened there at the end, like they're they're back and like everybody's yeah. like, that's interesting. Yeah, right? well, and I mean that's kind of like a, that end credit scene that they had in the first yeah. season. So it just makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Now here it is. Are you guys ready? We have everything you've been waiting for for the Fantastic Four. Not, no, not, really. not no, no. Feige did officially confirm that Matt Shackman, who by the way was in the audience, but not brought up on stage. Mm. Matt Shackman will direct the Fantastic Four. He is indeed now confirmed as the director of the Fantastic Four. As you guys know, he directed every episode of WandaVision, so that's really exciting, and I think he's going to do an amazing job on the Fantastic Four. Unfortunately, no casting announcements happened, period. In fact, Feige said there's going to be another Disney Expo before we hear anything about... Fantastic Four, yeah. which, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. and then he confirmed that the the, the film is going to open in theaters on November eighth of twenty twenty four. So maybe next year's Disney Expo, we'll finally find out who the cast is going to be. Yeah, like thanks, Feige, appreciate it, bro. I mean, that was the big thing. Everybody think going in, and then plus we didn't even get like the rest of Phase Six. Remember all the blank spots? We got none of that, and no. I think everybody was expecting to fill in those blanks with some announcements and no 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 didn't, didn't really no. happen but sure. i mean echo the cast of echo aqua cox vincent d'amfrio uh Devery jacobs graham green cody lightning and chasique spencer joined feige on stage to chat about the new series uh the show has some sneak peek footage for mm. the crowd and provided some details about maya lopez's whose ruthless behavior in new york city after the events of disney Plus, as Hawkeye catches up with her in her hometown. So that's going to be very interesting. And I feel like it leads into the next one. Yeah, no, they, you know, what the really good news coming out of that is apparently from everybody saying that saw the footage, it is dark. It, it, it's very much along the lines and very much reminiscent of the Daredevil series on Netflix, which everybody was kind of like, is it or is it not going to be that kind of way? And I guess dives deep into her Native American storyline and history and everything. But the dark aspect, that's good. And like Logan said, it led right into this. One of uh, once most of the Echo cast left. Vincent D'Onfrio actually remained on stage and Hall D23 erupted. Why? Well, because he said to Feige, hey, I thought we were going to be talking about my show. And then Charlie Cox, the man himself, daredevil old Matt Murdock, apparently walked on stage and said, don't you mean my show? <laughs> and then they all apparently started talking about, of course, Daredevil Born Again. Now, production isn't underway yet, so there was no footage or anything to see, but they did confirm that it will indeed be 18 episodes on Disney+. 
And then when they were disappointed that they didn't have anything to say, Charlie Cox said, well, you know, hey, we kind of do have something to show. Why don't we show the clip from She-Hulk Attorney at Law, which he's getting ready to make his appearance on as both Matt Murdock and Daredevil. And then afterwards, guys, apparently he was asked and one of the reporters in a jokingly way said after his appearance in She-Hulk, because as you guys know, that's a comedy, right? And it's kind of fun and, and fun. And he's like, so slapstick Daredevil? Is that what we're going with? And much to the huge eruption of applause from the fans, and I'm sure all the Save Daredevil people, myself, everybody who loves the Netflix Daredevil show, he said, nah, not so much. He said, listen, it just doesn't fit with the, with the, the storyline of the character and the true depiction of the character as we know and love him in the comic books. And he said, every now and then, Sure, there's a good joke here or there to be had, and, and She-Hulk was amazing at that. But he said, he said, you know, there's plenty of storylines in the comic books where there is some fun stuff. But overall, that's not the tone of the character, and, and I don't think it would work if we went that way. Which just says to me that he is resoundingly telling us, while it is a reboot, it's not a season four, it is a whole new reboot, they are not going away from the dark aspect of, and Echo proved that too. So, I don't know about you, but I'm super freaking pumped about that. Yeah, I'm really pumped, man. I mean, the original Netflix series was so badass, and I think it's just going to be epic to see everybody back in their same role because they love these characters so much. So that's going to be really fun. For sure. Well, Captain America New World Order director Julius Onat joined Feige on stage to chat about this one. Captain America New World Order, continuing Sam Wilson's journey as Captain America in a brand new film coming to theaters 2024. Joining Onat was, we're returning the Falcon and Winter Soldier stars Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson and Danny Ramirez as uh, Rowan Torres and Carl Lemby as, a, as Isaiah Bradley. Uh, who were joined by new cast members Tim Blake Nelson, a.k.a. The Leader, who is officially returning to the MCU after an extended absence. Yeah, now, what? Yeah. Say what? It, like, I thought they were teasing him in She-Hulk with the Wrecking Crew, but apparently we are going to see him return as the leader, but in Captain America. I'm confused by this one. Like, not normally like in that same storyline i mean he's a hulk villain but yeah exactly and i mean does this mean they're setting it up for a season two of she hulk like uh, i'm just saying yeah or and will we indeed see the leader and maybe transition and set up the movie yeah. is she hulk gonna set up the movie i don't i don't know exactly this next one guys everybody fucking just like exploded out of their seats they were just waiting for this one now we have Everybody's, we've been talking about it for weeks on the show. Who will be in Thunderbolts? Who won't be in Thunderbolts? We think they set up this character. We thought they set up that character in all the Disney Plus shows. Well, now we know for sure. Feige excited the crowd by finally revealing the identities of the Thunderbolts by welcoming them to the stage. Are you ready? You want to know who the Thunderbolts are going to be? Here we are. Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. David Harbour. Yeah, I fucking said it. David Harbour is returning as Red Guardian. Hannah John Kamen is returning as Ghost. Wyatt Russell, which we all knew was coming, will be John Walker slash U.S. agent. Sebastian Stan will indeed be returning as Bucky slash the Winter Soldier. Now, they were also joined by Olga Kirilarenko, who is the Taskmaster from Black Widow, who apparently will also be on part of the team. Who's going to lead that savory bunch of bad guys that will try to do good? None other than Florence Pugh herself, Yelena Belova. That's right, Black Widow. She's going to be the leader of the group. Now, she sent a message 
uh, because obviously she's shooting Dune and everybody's been giving her shit about not being able to leave the set there. But she sent a message and she basically said she sent her love to the assembled fans and to all of her co-stars. Now, Thunderbolts opens in theaters on July 26, 2024. That's a badass team. Florence Pugh's in Dune? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was the Harry Styles movie that she's on set for. I didn't know she was in Dune. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's why, really exciting. That's why she was like, they thought she wasn't going to show up for the Harry mm. Styles movie in Venice because she was on set. That's but, really cool. But yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of exciting things happening. That cast, man, it's just so damn I'm good. S- David Harbour, I, I loved their relationship yeah. in, in, in the Black Widow movie. So I think the two of them together are going to be freaking just amazing. Agreed, in that man. Agreed. Well, finally, Foggy wrapped up Marvel Studios portion by revisiting some key moments in the MCU before welcoming on stage director uh, Nia DaCosta, a the Marvel's cast members Iman Vellani, um, Toyona Paris, and Brie Larson all hit the stage. Fans were given a special look at the scenes from the new movie, which opens in theaters July 28th of 2023. Yeah, that was a good way to end, you know, the, the Marvel presentation, because Agreed. I think everybody's really excited about that one, and I can't wait to see Miss Marvel on the screen with For Captain sure. Marvel. Yeah, it's going to be badass. Yeah, and is it going to be Photon? I yeah. think Rambo is going to be Photon, and that's how that's going to be amazing. Yeah. So we've got one thing left that happened over there, 20th Century Studios, and mm, I could leave without this one, but we're going to tell you anyway, because as we have know, as I say week in and week out, I'm just not a fan. Avatar The Way of the Water. Now, Alan Bergman, again, I want to just stress I love his name, then returned to the stage to introduce via Zoom from New Zealand Oscar-winning producer-director James Cameron, who, of course, is the director of the upcoming Avatar The Way of the Water. He's hard at work at finishing the film, the highly anticipated sequel, of course, to Avatar, so he couldn't join D23 Expo in person. But the film's producer... Uh, also, just kind of like you know, came out and said that that hey, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. We're super excited to bring this to you. Um, then all of the cast members came out on the stage and they helped welcome everybody in. Um, and then they were treated apparently to several new scenes from the film. And get this, for the first time ever in D twenty three history, they were asked to put on. 3D glasses to get a fully immersed experience into the new footage. That's cool. Yeah. And I mean, there you go. I mean, Disney kicking ass. Boy, did they not disappoint? I mean, you know, did we hear everything we wanted to hear? No. But I think overall, it was a resounding success for D23 Expo this year. I think the fans are loving what's coming. Uh, Just, I mean, there's some amazing stuff out of all of it. Yeah, completely agree, man. I mean, there's a lot of exciting stuff. Of course, like you said, we didn't see everything that we thought we were going to see. But, you know, I feel like we should just not have so many high expectations. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. But I'm excited for everything to come. Uh, all of them. I mean, all the studios at Pixar, Walt Disney Studios, and they just all have really good content coming out that, I mean, I feel like will appeal to a mass amounts of audiences. So it's very interesting to see because there's not one thing on that list that I really wasn't excited for. I know. Me too. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm super pumped about, uh, thankfully, the lieutenants in place from all these studios, you know, 
are doing their job. I agree. Because we know the guy at the very top, not so much. It's but not. these guys are the right guys to be running everything, and I feel like they've got the ship in control, and, and the future looks good. Yeah, the completely agree. Good. Completely agree. Well, now it is time for the top five segment, man. And man, oh man, it is. <laughs> this one's interesting. We had to really <laughs> think about this one. But this week, it is films that people don't like that we love. So that's hated by the mass audience of people. But we actually really enjoy. Yeah. Um, number five for me goes to The Replacements. You know, Gene Hackman and Joe Flacco, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves. I think this one was really freaking entertaining and really good and a nice little kind of like love story. The fucking jail scene where they're all fucking singing I, Sur- I Will Survive or whatever the fuck, like, was hilarious. So, I mean, just that scene alone, I feel like a lot of people should watch the film. But it's actually really good in the sense of, you know, all the starters are taking a nice little break because they're in contract negotiations there's like a nice hiatus a strike as they say um but it's just really good and it brings in all the backups that's why it's called the replacements and yeah so basically you get all these replacements these second stringers third stringers who actually finally get a chance in the nfl and to prove themselves and it becomes really entertaining but yeah i think everybody should check this one out the replacements uh, i don't know where you can stream it but find it yeah for sure I mean, I enjoyed it too. I mean, I don't understand all the hate. I really don't understand all the hate. Yeah. Just like I don't understand all the hate for my number five, which I saw actually in the theaters. And I'm not even going to lie to you guys. It, how bad was it hated? How much did people not want to? I was literally the only person in the theater. Mm. Like literally. And it wasn't even kind of a slow point of day. It was like at a busy time of the day. And I was still the only person in there, which is kind of unfortunate. I'm talking about Motherless Brooklyn, which starred uh, Edward Norton and one of my all-time favorite actresses who's just kicking it right now in Surface and everything else that she's in, uh, Gugu Mothbara. Um, it also had Willem Dafoe. It had Alec Baldwin. I mean, Bruce Willis. It was an amazing, amazing cast. It's set in the 1950s. It's about a detective. Uh whose mentor, another detective, gets killed and he's out to solve the mystery of it and it's all kinds of shady shit. But it's an amazing drama. The acting, the performances by Norton and and Gugu are just some of the best I've ever seen in a film, honestly. The cinematography, the score, just everything about this thing was awesome and I just, I don't understand the hate. I guess everybody just, at this point, doesn't want dramas. They don't want you know, story-driven, dialogue-driven films. I don't know. That's the only reason I can think of of why they would hate this film because everything about the film was amazing. I think if you can find this one, check it out. You'll be happy that you did. It's a good old-fashioned crime noir film that just, I think, was just... I don't know. I can't say enough about it. I really enjoyed it. Stop the hate. Motherless Brooklyn. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Number four for me goes to Van Helsing. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. You know, Hugh Jackman and a couple of other people, really notable people. Um, you know, it's just the classic monster stories. You know, you got Frankenstein, you got Dracula, you got a werewolf, all the good things and how it's intertwined in family. Um, but I really enjoyed this one. I mean, a lot of people feel like crashed it for and like hated it because of the CGI effects and, you know, the different types of storytelling. They felt like the dialogue was kind of rough, but... I think it was really good. I mean, this type of content has always interested me. Medieval stuff, aka that's why I love House of the Dragon. But, I mean, this one was really good in my opinion. So, I feel like a lot of people should see it. And, uh, yeah, quit giving it hate. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I just, I totally agree. I love the film. I thought it was amazing. I mean, I, I just, Hugh Jackman 
Is anything that Hugh Jackman does bad? Right. I think not. That's just plain and simple facts. Okay, my number four is, uh, like, okay, <laughs> got to bring up the list, my man. We got to bring it up. Spawn. Spawn is my number four. So how did anybody, like, not like this movie? If you're a comic book fan, if you're a Todd McFarlane fan, I thought this movie, could have it been done better? Sure it could have, but this isn't a time when the CGI wasn't at the level that it is at now. Was there issues with the cape? Was it a little kind of a... But the overall general idea of the character, I thought was brilliantly done on screen. John Leguizamo's clown was fucking scary as shit. I think he nailed the character. I thought it was a brilliant interpretation of the character. I would have liked to have seen Twitch. I would have liked to have seen the detectives. There's some things here or there that I thought could have been done a little bit better. But, you know, back then... You were kind of so guided heavily by the studio, you know, and McFarlane was. He had the had the hands cuffed by the studio and was told kind of how to do it to capitalize on the superhero films. But Spawn's not a fucking superhero. I mean, you know, and I think he did a really good job of trying to stay true to the interpretation of the character. And I'm really excited about the new one. I hope we do finally see it. I hope it is indeed Jamie Foxx that plays the character. And I think with now, the, with, the, with the way the, the CGI is and everything in place, I think it's going to be a nice read do if you will to, to get the story right but check out if you're not if you're not familiar with spawn or the character or the or the you know the storyline behind it all check out the film spawn i think that you'll really like it and then you'll get pumped for the next one as well agreed man agreed i really enjoyed it and i mean i was like a freaking kid when i was watching it so it's kind of <laughs> different for a kid watching it oh yeah i mean clown yeah he was, was scary um <laughs> number three for me goes to ben affleck's daredevil mm. i actually really liked it john favreau as fucking and foggy i thought it was hilarious and then like bringing in uh electra with um what's her face there jennifer garner yeah. and i mean i thought it was really good it wasn't like as i mean of course the marvel standard of what it is now is of course it does not meet that but i thought it was a good story and i mean Ben Affleck, I can take it or leave it sometimes, but in this film, I thought it was really entertaining, especially for that time period when Marvel was trying to get their feet off the ground with the cinematic universe, so I liked it, in my opinion, so there it is, number three for me, Daredevil. Yeah, I didn't hate this movie either. I thought Affleck played a really good Matt Murdock. I think the problem with the Daredevil stuff is like, again, like when I was talking about with Spawn, just the CGI wasn't there yet. The fight scenes between him and Bullseye and everything, a lot to be desired. I mean, it was bad CGI. It looked bad. Of course, there was a lot of like, you know, flack that Jennifer Garner was Electra because she is as white as white can be and Electra is not. Um, So there was some flack there. And then on the other side of that, the reverse racism, uh, Michael Clark Duncan playing Kingpin, who's not as white as white can be and what people were pissed about that. I think there was a lot of hate directed at this film for all the wrong reasons. And I think it was a good effort like you said, back in the day before the MCU existed, before Marvel had control of everything, I thought it was a good effort at telling the story. Um, You know, best film ever? No, but doesn't deserve the hate by any means. Exactly. Uh, My number three is another one that I just don't get. Not only did it spawn one of the best Aerosmith songs of all time, in my (laughs) opinion, but it's also a hell of an entertaining movie and a great cast. And if you're going to direct the hate, direct it at the other one deep in back, because I thought that was the shitty one. I'm talking about my number three, Armageddon, where the boys get on the space shuttle, they get shot up into space and try to, to blow up a fucking meteor before it destroys the earth. 
it's a great it's Affleck again yeah <laughs> you know and Liv Tyler and Bruce Willis and Steve Buscemi and just like and if I'm not mistaken Michael Clark Duncan too the whole Daredevil they were all there literally they um but it was a fucking phenomenal movie. It, it's just good fun. It's a good fun action film about the worst case scenario of something that could indeed happen in reality. We hope to God not, but could. And they just they wrote it. And I think you know a lot of the hate directed towards this one came that Deep Impact also came out was the very same story, different cast, different you know, but two movies of the same thing out at the same time, and just people picked and choosed. And I think that unfortunately Armageddon came out on the the raw side of it, which, in my opinion, was the mistake. I think Deep Impact should have been getting all the hate and, you know, and, and Armageddon. Go back and watch it. It's actually a really good, entertaining movie. It is. I, I, I like it a lot, yeah. to be honest. Um, number two for me goes to You Got Served. <laughs> this one is, uh, I mean, you go back and watch it, and it's kind of classically bad, but bad acting and everything. <laughs> but it's still one that I really enjoy to watch because it was just something of, like, my childhood. And, you know, it's about street dancing and all the things like that. But Omarion, Jarrell Houston, uh, Steve harvey's in it a couple of other notable actors that just kind of like rose their way to fame but i really enjoyed it because it's just that special part of my childhood that you know it brings you back to a certain point in time when things were good so yeah i think number two for me is uh you got served i'm sure not a lot of people even saw this film to be honest no with you. facts so, so it's very underground yeah um, okay, so you 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 plopped out Daredevil. Now I'm going to give one that I'm sure we're going to get a lot of heat for and uh, just send it my way. I'm ready for it. Uh, my number two of films that I actually liked that everybody else seemed to fucking hate, Fantastic Four. Mm. I really liked Fantastic Four. Is it the greatest film ever made? No. Is it the best superhero movie? No. Could have it been far better? Yes. Was Doctor Doom stupid? fucking right he was it was i love julian mcmahon but it was an awful version of dr doom all that said i thought the casting of fantastic four was really well done i liked jessica alba and ewan and and and, and chickless and and chris evans i thought that they were a good fantastic four i would have liked to have seen i know they went practical with the thing instead of cgi and maybe rightfully so just because the cgi wasn't at that level yet right motion capture and all that kind of stuff i would have liked to have seen them a little bigger i would have liked to have seen that but other than that I thought it was well done. They got the tone right. It was comedic and yet also super heroic. And and I just think, I think the main hate comes from just the storyline wasn't just great with Doctor Doom. It just wasn't a good Doctor Doom. It wasn't a good thing. But... I mean, the other story, I love the storyline between between Sue and Reed. I love the storyline. Even they went into, delved in with um, with Thing and his relationship with Alicia, the blind girl that, that falls for him. And like, you know, there was so many good things about it that I just think had it been done now in an age with better CGI and maybe better storytelling pacing, you know, uh, with the direction of, you know, uh, Feige and the MCU, I think it would have worked. And so I'm really curious to see how this new one is going to be, but, um, don't hate on this one. I, I just, I thought it was pretty good for its time. I, I'm, I'm not a hater on this. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. I'm kind of in the same realm. I've only seen it a handful of times, but I didn't think it was that bad. No. Like, a lot of really? people were hating hardcore. Fucking the new one with mm. Michael B. Jordan and all that. That That's deserves awful. all the fucking so hate. That bad. was so bad, but that one, I, I kind of like. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Number one for me goes to the whole Awakened Star Wars trilogy, the one that just <laughs> came out. I actually really enjoy these 
these films. Of course, of course, you know, The Force Awakens is uh, said to be the best one out of the trilogy. I personally like Rise of Skywalker the best because, you know, it's just J.J. coming in and cleaning shit up. But I honestly didn't mind The Last Jedi. A lot of people were like, what the fuck was going on? My biggest critique of The Last Jedi is what he did with Luke Skywalker. I mean, other than that, everything else I felt like was pretty decently flowing. Um, I mean, of course, it's a Star Wars story. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of dialogue instead of a lot of action. And because it's kind of like a samurai type S. Not everything is just action, action, action. But it's a lot of dialogue and setting things up. But yeah, I felt like they could have done Luke Skywalker better made him not so much of a grumpy boomer but other than that like i really enjoyed him like i still watch him to this day so i don't understand why they get as much heat as they do i do agree that jj should have done the whole trilogy and i mean that is what it is but they also created something in the last jedi that i think would have been special because if you remember at the end of that film where the little kid is sweeping and then he uses the force to bring the broom to him i wish they would have touched on that a little bit in rise of the skywalker and brought that a little bit more to the light because there is a new realm of new jedi coming to face um but yeah i mean i actually really enjoy these films so that's why star wars force awakens trilogy is uh, on my number one spot yeah no i i totally agree with everything you said um i too enjoyed the trilogy i think it's an amazing trilogy i also think that jj abrams should have done all three nothing against ryan johnson um the thing i had the problem with i I, i'm gonna kind of give a pass to ryan johnson on the whole luke skywalker thing because from what i understand it was a much more detailed story and a much different path for luke prior to the untimely death of Carrie Fisher. I, I guess he had planned out some really significant storyline between Luke and Leia, which had to get canned because obviously of the untimely death and they just, they weren't able to do it. So I'm going to give him a little pass on that. Although I agree with you. I don't like how he fixed it. I just think they could have done something better with Luke. My biggest critique is that he fucked up, you know, Ben and Ray. Yeah. I think they should have been siblings. Like 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 we all know that they are. They should have been Han Solo and Leia's kids. And um and that is my biggest critique. I I, I just think had they done that and they stuck with that and then finished off with The Last Jedi and all that and had them be the kids. I just think that would have been the better route to go instead of the way that they did it. Um it would have been a nice nod to the whole sexual tension between the two of them, and then they find out they're actually fucking related, much like Luke and Leia. It would have been a throwback to the original. Um, but overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fitting end to the Skywalker saga, and, um, you know, stop the hate. Just saying. Stop the hate, yeah. yeah. Uh, my number one, and you guys have heard me talk about this time and time again, it's one of my all-time favorite films. I think it's a fucking brilliant story. I thought the cast was brilliant. I think John Bernthal's performance as the as the principal or guidance counselor who's fucked up all the time on, on weed and you know, in his special soup uh, is fucking brilliant, steals the movie. I'm talking about me and Earl and the dying girl. I just think this is a, a drama-driven film about a relationship between two best friends that kind of gets interrupted if you will with this one guy's fascination with this girl that's dying from cancer and they become in a relationship together and it, what does that do to the best friend and the, and the, and the, and the thing and i just think it's a, it's a very interesting coming of age story told through the eyes of that scenario and um, there's brilliant filmmaking involved there. Some of the shots are fucking epic. And I just think the acting is phenomenal. And I don't understand the hate for this film. I think much like what you said about how maybe maybe 
maybe just not enough people have seen it. And so the people that have seen it are just haters and, and maybe that's where it's coming from. I feel like if it had a broader audience, if it had a bigger viewership, people would not hate on it so much because they would make their opinion and more people who love it, like me, would get that out there. So watch it. Please tell me what you think. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. If you just sit down and go into it with an open mind, I think you'll really enjoy it and not hate it. Um, me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Yes, man. Check it out. Check it out. Well, guys, we want to know what is your number one film that you love that everyone else hates? <laughs> man, oh, man, be sure to comment below in the YouTube section or on our podcast platforms or social media at ItCap Podcast or at JLo Fantastic or Crazy Ant Guy 1970. Yes. We love the fan interaction. We do. But now it's time for the box office recap. Man, oh, man, it's been a nice little slump uh, at the mm. box office this past couple weeks. Number one was Top Gun Maverick. When did that fucking come out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it came in with number one was only six million number two was bullet train with 5.7 love the film by the way so good so good uh, everybody should check that one out uh number three was spider-man no way home 5.4 million number four was dc uh league super pits five million and innovation was at number five with about five million yeah and uh in the story of keep your mouth shut until you know for sure sony came out bragging hard that spider-man was going to reclaim the number one spot and then when the actual numbers came in not only was it not number one it wasn't even fucking number two it was (laughs) number three don't speak until you know for sure that's all we're saying exactly exactly well new movies that are coming out this week after ever happy the House of the Lost Cape, or The House of the Lost on the Cape, mm. um, Barbarian, Medieval, and Brasamista Bras- Part 1, Shiva. Ooh. Interesting. I'm hearing Barbarian will be number one this weekend in a really, really, really weak box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be rough. In fact, man. all of the top five films, from what I understand, did not even make as much as the number one movie this past weekend. That's so rough. Yikes. That's so rough. Well, movies you can still go see... Beast, Minions, Rise of Gru, Jaws is now out. Uh, You can go see that, so that's going to be fun for all those who haven't seen it before. Thor, Love and Thunder, and Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Mm. Uh, IMDb Pro's top trending segments, though. The top trending movie is Nope. Top trending TV show is House of the Dragon. Are we surprised? And top trending star is Millie Alcox, who is the princess. And... um, House of the Dragons. Yeah, so, so be sure makes to check sense that totally. out. Love it. Love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 207 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Man, oh man, D23 has a lot of good stuff coming out of it. And be sure to check out all the trailers if you didn't watch them with us because of all the bandwidth. Man, oh man. <laughs> but be sure to follow us at ItCaf Podcast on social media and at Crazy Ant Media. Be sure to follow us both personally on social media. Myself at JLo Fantastic and at Crazy Ant Guy 19. 19- 70. That's right, man. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts at ItCaf Podcast on all of your podcast platforms. Yes. And we're talking Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. Like I said, at ItCaf Podcast. I T C A F 
podcast. Yes. Be sure to check it out. And of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel for all the latest and greatest things that are coming out of Crazy Ant Media. Be sure to hit the like button on the video, subscribe, and ring that bell for all the latest and greatest notifications. And of course, be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts, we got hats, we have everything and anything you need for this upcoming holiday season. Facts. But man, oh man, got to reflect on the episode, and I'm super excited for basically everything that's coming out of um star wars and marvel obviously but i wanted to see because there was some uh, there were some rumors online about a possible um obi-wan kenobi season two mm. and i was hoping that they would at least announce that at uh, d23 expo but it's okay it's fine we gotta let things you know get run their course and uh see how andor does and all the good things but i mean everything that came out of there like i said during the industry news segment i'm super excited for all of it like there's nothing i'm not impressed about yeah no me too I, I i can't wait for all of it to hit i can't wait to watch all of it i was a little disappointed because rumors have been swirling all week too about maybe uh uh julie kumar uh jody be, uh jody i'm sorry yeah. uh being uh invisible woman and um you know i was kind of hoping that we would see a casting announcement yeah uh, and i was also kind of hoping at some at least an announcement that the x-men would be one of the movies in phase six because as you guys know on all of the disney plus marvel shows they've been dropping x-men hints throughout they've been made even in she hulk the most recent with the the bar battle with the guy with the claws mm-hmm. clearly wolverine so i was kind of disappointed that we didn't at least get an announcement that the movie was coming um i don't know but uh yeah i just every, i'm so excited about everything everything that's coming i just like i said uh, i think the 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 captain of the ship's fucked up but the rest of the guys are running it pretty well and i think disney's got a lot of amazing stuff coming for sure man for sure a lot of good stuff a lot of good stuff but you know who is amazing and we have to praise her every single week <laughs> and we'll probably be at the queen's funeral i mean no doubt about it I mean, uh, you would think, you would or, think. Or, maybe after that interview after that interview maybe, yeah, maybe we'll not see, we'll see <laughs> the one the only oprah, oprah!